It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull. Garrett Bush. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Hey, here we are. It's the ultimate Cleveland sports show. Mikey McNuggets on the panel today. Earl is uh, in for Mikey McNuggets behind the glass. There he is. We'll get to Earl in just a little bit. G. Bush here, as always, of course. And me. Here we go. A lot to get to today. And Anthony's off. It was his birthday yesterday. Yes. He went to the Nickelback concert. And whatever happened to that concert, he's like, guys, Look I, I, need, I need a recovery day. He wasn't supposed to be off? No, he was in anticipation. But yeah. We love Anthony, but he's Anthony 26 is, going on 106. He's the youngest member of our team. <laughs> and he can't work after a concert? I mean, that's pathetic. Earl, correct me if I'm wrong real quick, but Nickelback doesn't feel like it's a concert that gets super rowdy, does it? No, not at all. Like, I, I don't know if he was worried about the hangover or whatever the case may be, but I'm with Bull. You're 26 years old, Jeez. man. You got to be a real G about it. Sounds bad. Go to the what concert, have your drinks, hey, bounce man. back, and get that money. Y'all hating. Matter, what if he laid up right now? He getting his cuddle time on. It's the birthday. They had Good for night, you, Ant. They had a nightcap. He trying to chill and enjoy the festivities. Y'all talk about coming to work. <laughs> he might be getting bed and breakfast right now. <laughs> One other thing I want to hit on real quick before we get to our first real topic. So I tweeted this over the weekend. We were going to talk about it. We just haven't gotten to it. So I wanted to get to it real quick. I do this crazy thing. I know you know what I'm talking about, yeah, Mike. I don't know if the rest it's, of you It's guys objectively see. crazy. This is really weird, but I wanted to explain it. So... You know how, like, I don't know if anybody else does this in general. Say you're driving, G, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I want to get to the next light before the guy that's driving next to me. You ever do that? Yeah. Okay, like, you, you, you pick some milestone a- in a- your a- head. A- a- yeah, I'm, I'm going to catch you. Yeah, I'm going to catch you, or I'm going to pass you, whatever. But when I see somebody with a non-Ohio license plate, it really fires me up. <laughs> like, especially New York, because when I was... 25, I was like, nobody outside of New York can drive. These hillbillies are all idiots. I mean, and now I'm the opposite. I'm like, now you're the hillbilly. I'm freaking from Ohio. You're in my state. Get the hell out of here. I'm, I'm sh- going to drive faster than you. That I'm would a- explain, G. Do you remember the one time me, you, and Bull got lunch at Melt? Yes. And I f- followed Bull, and Bull's <laughs> like, just follow me. And literally yeah. seven seconds in, <laughs> one turn, Bull had left me at a red light <clears throat> and sped past, and I had to call you. Yeah, yeah, I had to call you. Be like, Bo, slow down. He, he, he didn't know where to go. Oh, really? It's because I, I still have, I don't have Ohio place I mean, yet. you do have uh, GPS. GPS. Well, I put it in eventually, and I found it. Yeah. But you were like, hey, just follow me. No biggie. I and didn't then, remember that. As Sorry. soon as we got on the highway, you were leaving me in the dust. But I, I do this all the time, even if it's just getting to the next light. Or if it's like, if, if somebody is trying to cut, like, go in front of me. If they have Ohio license plates, I usually let them go. If they don't, I don't let them go. Do you know, if we're speaking about road rage real quick, and yeah. Earl, I know we've got a lot we'll get into. When they sync up the red light, so no matter how fast you go, unless you literally floor it, yeah, you don't go from green light to green light progressively. You go right. red light, red light, red I light, know, red light. me off. It drives me crazy. Why don't they sync it up so if you hit, you, know, you start, you get at least two or three and keep it moving before you get stuck. There's this long street in Brooklyn called o- uh, Ocean Parkway, which goes from almost one end of Brooklyn to the other. Now it's overcrowded like everything else in Brooklyn. But when I was like in my early 20s, if you did it, I think it was like you had to drive 28 miles an hour. It was like a specific, I can't remember it now. You could go the whole avenue and never stop for light. And I did it like three times. That's a great random rush, which makes yeah. me think. Yeah. For our segment with Aditi tomorrow. Yeah. The best random, random rush. rushes. Yeah. We're, coming, we're coming up with silly ideas for a draft we want to do with Aditi in studio. I, maybe the fans can vote on one of the good ideas. Yeah, I've got to make sure Aditi's cool with it. Before, All right, so. we'll do it. We'll, 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 Aditi will be in studio tomorrow. All right, lot. go ahead, Earl. Real quick on the, on, the, on the whole road rage thing. Yeah. Two things that really piss me off. I cannot stand being on the freeway seeing people drive with two hands. I think they're nervous and don't want to be there. 
and those are the people who typically cause the accidents. Furthermore, stop getting in the fast lane doing 60 miles per hour. Fact. Like, Fact. the whole doing 60, 65, I don't agree with that. I think you should drive with the flow of traffic, no matter what the speed 100%. is. hundred uh, percent. But also the reverse. If you're in the right lane, you can't be going fast. You, you got to leave those people alone. Lead the, they, old, lead the old ladies. Yeah, like, if, if you're in the right lane, you can't be tailgating somebody in the right lane. Like, you get, that's the slow lane. If slow people got to stay out of the left lane, the fast people got to stay my, out of the right my lane. Wife, if my wife is a slow lane yeah. queen. So leave her be. She just over there. You <laughs> Some know people she, are nervous when you, they drive. She got a booster seat. You know she can't see over the wheel. <laughs> so we got to put the booster seat up high. Yeah, and then get her right here. And then she just got this little, and her shoulders come up and creep. It's like yeah. almost a turtle. Like her head goes <laughs> down into her shoulders, so you don't. And she be up here just like this. She was like, "Baby, yeah. baby, you must stay in the right hand lane. All of the trucks <laughs> over there are crazy. You need to get over, babe." I'm like, "I'm not driving. You are driving. <laughs> right. What are you talking about?" Uh, in terms of two hands on the wheel, I barely use one hand on the wheel. Sometimes I just use a finger. Sometimes I use my penis. Uh, <laughs> Pause. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't use my penis. And you'd be like, uh, why is well, you going to get in the dry bulls uh, car? You'd be like, why is this slimy? Don't you dare take a blacklight in bulls car. No, right? don't do that. There is, uh, there is a scene in the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Like you guys see that, where John Candy's driving Paintball. with like, his hips. Basically. My dad drives with his knee sometimes. Yeah, with his knee? Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. The only time I ever put two hands on the wheel is if... Is treacherous weather conditions. Yeah. If it's really bad snow or like a torrential downpour where I can barely see, I'll sometimes I'll, I'll sometimes go with the two hands in that situation. Also, another one last disgusting thing: stop throwing your freaking cigarettes out the window, you pathetic losers. Says the guy who drives with his penis. Yes. <laughs> with the- if I drive with my penis, that doesn't affect anybody else. <laughs> Only the people who have to detail your car. <laughs> and the people next to you at a red light. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. On, on today's show, our buddy Tyvis was at Brown's camp yesterday. So we're going to go live to Columbus. I assume he's in Columbus, where Tyvis will give us a recap of what he saw at Brown's camp yesterday. We talked a little about the Johnny Football documentary yesterday. Now everybody here has seen it in its entirety. And so we will talk more about that today. We'll do a little Darius Garland conversation later. Plus, Joe Thomas was on the Dan Patrick Show and had some really interesting comments about uh, Deshaun Watson and talking about Deshaun Watson. We'll get to all of that. Earl, you got to read before we get into our first topic? No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. We'll do it uh, after the topic before time. Uh, okay. before time is. Okay, sounds good. So, Shelby Harris, guys. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, Shelby Harris, when, when, when he first came here for a visit, what was it, a week ago or whatever it was? It was like, maybe two, three weeks, right? My first reaction was like, okay, he's a guy. You know, I was like, I, the name didn't really strike a chord as if, oh, this is a really good player. I guess because I always think like, well, how many really good players are still out there at this point? Like, why is he still available? But then when the Browns signed him yesterday, I, of course, went to Pro Football Focus to see where his ranks were. And I'm like, wow, this guy's a 17th rank, 17th ranked defensive tackle in all of football, and against the run, Even he's number five, yep. better than Dalvin Tomlinson. And the Browns are now the only team in the entire NFL that have two defensive tackles that were ranked in the top 17 last year on PFF. Does that mean they have the best defensive tackle combo? Maybe not, but last year they had the worst. So even if they're tenth, that's still a, a huge increase. The guy, it looks like he's getting about five million dollars. Yep. So I have two questions for you guys: How excited? How big is this is the move? And why was he still out there? What do we think, G? Um, uh, is he older? I mean, is that? I guess that's it. Thirty-two. Yeah. Um, you, you know, production. You, you very rarely see defensive linemen getting, uh, you know, big time money after a certain age because of just the breakdowns and being, you know, yeah. in, in, in the trenches. So I think age played a little bit of a role in it. Um, and, and also, you know, there's there's teams that like to go with younger players, sure. right? They like to have guys that can be in the system yep. where they can control assets for four years uh, and, and figure out, and it's a low cap hit if they don't work. So you could cut guys, but you can also keep <coughs> sign guys easier by doing the draft and go with younger. But I'm, I, as far as am I excited, I'm, I'm super ecstatic because this is a move. And I've always said, 
Andrew Barry might not be that great at uh, really drafting players, but when it comes to his trades and free agent pickups, he does, he's, a, he's top tier. Because this guy right here just transformed your defensive line into a defensive line that is formidable, athletic, and they are going to get after people. You watch him and you go back, just simply Google him. Uh, you know, I like D-tackles. I'm a D-tackle junkie I'm and junkie. Go back and just watch some of the plays that he can make. Um, you know, McNuggets, I watched his short yesterday, and he was talking about it. But, this, I mean, this guy is going to be a, a force along with Dalvin Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith, mm-hmm. Oboe, you got Miles Garrett. Remember, when we got Zadarius uh, Smith, we were just talking about whether or not they have the best defensive line in the league, right? And they still had a question mark at, at the other defensive tackle spot. I think legitimately you can make uh, you you can make a case for them to be the top defensive lineman unit. I'm gonna piggyback off you right there. I do gotta say one thing on Shelby Harris, and I'll get back to that. He was a cap casualty cut in Seattle. Yeah. He wasn't let go because of lack of performance, lack of production. He's not a bad person. He's not a cancer in the locker room. He was let go simply because they just signed Draymond Jones, shout out San Ignatius, yep. yeah. to an $80 million contract, mm. and Shelby Harris was set to make $9 million. So he was simply yeah. a cap cut casualty. He did nothing wrong. To piggyback off what G said, the Browns on paper, and granted paper means nothing no. until they prove it on the field, but on paper, the Browns do have the best defensive line in the entire NFL now. Bull alluded to it. They have two defensive tackles ranked in the top 17 last year. Dalvin Tomlinson, number 13, and now Shelby Harris, number 17. So they're the only team with that. They're also the only team in the NFL with two defensive ends who ranked in the top 20 last year. Miles Garrett, number one, and Zadarius Smith, number 13. So you look at their starting defensive line from left to right. Miles Garrett, Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby Harris, Zadarius Smith. Those four guys all ranked in the top 17 of their respective positions per PFF last season. And Bull always says, well, you got to prove it to me first. Well, until they play this year, all we can go off of was last year. Sure. All four of those guys were extremely productive, highly valuable, and none, none of them look like they're at the precipice of their career where they're about to fall off a cliff. Harris, the oldest of the group, maybe yeah. he takes a slight step back, but even if he does, the upgrade from Harris to what we had last year at the defensive tackle position yeah. is monumental. His grade alone, 72.3. Yeah. You could take two. Any two, pick your, pick your choice yeah. of the Browns' defensive tackles last year and combine their PFF grades, right. and it's about what Shelby Harris did by himself. Yeah, and again, against the run, which is what you really, you know, the biggest thing there, he's excellent. I mean, he's really elite, good. Or at least was last year. He's, I didn't realize he's played a lot of defensive end in his career, too. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's 6'4", 290, and yeah, he bulked I mean, up a little bit in Seattle. Right. But he's not, he's not Dalvin Tomlinson size. He's... A no, smaller no, no. defensive so, but, tackle. But the thing is, is they already have guys that are a little flexible in terms of being able to play inside and outside, and he's another guy that can mm-hmm. play both as well. And if you have guys, you know, we don't really talk about that as much, uh, guys that when, we, when it comes to the defensive line, ability to be flexible and play mm-hmm. two different positions essentially. But uh, with, a, with a defensive coordinator as good as Jim Schwartz, he's going to be able to make use of that and confuse some offensive lines by moving guys around some. Yeah. And uh, by the way, the guy was a seventh-round pick, and he's played, what, eight years in the league or something? Eight years. Pretty and, impressive as a seventh-round pick. And, G, you could attest to this better than anyone else. Maybe not just in Cleveland, but in the entire country. Defensive tackle, defensive line get banged up all the time. Mm-hmm. His ability to stay on the field is unprecedented. He's played since, you know, his first season he only played one game. It just not He wasn't hurt, just wasn't in the rotation. His second season he played seven games. He's played 16 games in four of the past six seasons. The two that he didn't play 16, he played 11 and 15. The dude stays on the field. That's right. And that's, that's something that that has a price. It's like a, the Visa commercial, yeah. priceless. Yeah. Uh, you pay for availability, right. and for $5 million, you're getting a guy throughout his career who's been unbelievably durable in a position that, frankly, is not really durable yeah. across the league. He's Man. played in 88 of a possible 96 games in the last that six is, years. That is tremendous. Yeah. When you're in the trenches, like just little things like – you know, there's so many things because you, you, it's a contact sport every single play. You know, receivers don't get every play. Like, you know, sometimes running backs, they don't they don't catch the ball, quarterbacks especially. But when you're up front in the trenches, you're going to hit somebody every play. Dumb stuff like wrist injuries or, or bicep tear, uh, you know, uh, chest tears, you know, pec tears, things like that. Not to mention there's all kind of garbage around your legs. Um, you know, ACLs, different things like that falling on people. For him to be able to play that many games in, in, that, in his time in his career is super impressive. And so if you look at it, for the, for the most part, for the most part, 
everybody up front that they brought in is durable. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. For the most part, Miles Garrett doesn't miss games. He, heck, he flipped his cards to play. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you look at Dalvin Tomlinson and, and now Harris. He, he doesn't miss very yeah. many games. And so, you know, Zadaria Smith has been banged up a little bit, but they did a good job in, in supplementing him and getting uh, Oboe and, and getting that guy to be a, one of their Swiss Army Knives. Yeah. And now you can move in McGuire. I think right. McGuire will move into one of those positions, second team. He'll probably take over for Wright and Isaiah Thomas. And now the Browns continue to roll. Harris is definitely starting, right? Yeah, I would assume, any, assume so. Yeah. So you look at their top five defensive linemen, right? So Miles Garrett's their best, but guys two, three, four, and five are all new mm-hmm. and all big upgrades. Think yeah. about who their two, three, four, five on the defensive Lord, line were last year. Lord, and so their second best defensive lineman last year was Jadavion Clowney. He missed right? a boatload of time. And who was their third? Who was their third best defensive lineman? Can you even name anybody? Taven Bryan, based okay. off production and PFF Taven grade, Bryan but he on was this terrible. Team would be at best their be- sixth. He'd be cut. Defensive lineman. He'd be cut. At best. Yeah. So at worst, he'd be cut. Perion did get cut. Tristan yeah. Hill, I think. He's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah. But but Tommy Togiai, I gone. don't think he's gone. Team. Jordan Elliott. Jordan Elliott. Bye-bye. He may be gone. He, I, I think you got these five guys. You got um, Hurst, if he's healthy, he'll be on the team. Are you that's talking about six. D tackles or including no, just D line as a whole? Yeah. Hurst, if he's healthy, he'll be on the team. That's six. McGuire. Uh, McGuire. McGuire, seven. Him. Right. Uh, I, I think they're not going to give up on right yet. I know you no, said no, it's no, just no. a guy. But I, I mean, they might go to around. IR. Well, they don't have to do IR yet because. Yeah, yeah, but they, he could end up. But that's eight. And you're, you're going to have, what, nine, maybe nine defensive yeah, you, linemen? Yeah, your choice of whoever you like the most out Her, of the Hurst. Hurst. And, oh, we forgot about Ika. He's going to be here, too. Ika. So that's it. That's nine right there. Hurst, Hurst is the uh, – Mo Hurst, depending on his health. Yeah. Could be the guy who, of those nine, it's possible he's slides gone. out and someone I, else comes in. But I like and I, him. And, if he's and I thought, and I thought Siaki Ika played good. Really good. I think I thought he got a big fourth down stop. Yeah. I think this this move helps Ika though too, G. Because now, strictly j- run, strictly run. But also, if it's third and three and you think they're going to run, you could put Ika on the inside, move out Shelby Harris to defensive end, mm-hmm. and you got three run stuffing guys right. or more. Not that he's not a good pass rusher, but a more run-stuffing guy on the outside with oh, Miles Garrett. Right. And now you have the flexibility to mix and match. And the one thing we talked about heading into the season before yesterday was we knew Dalvin Tomlinson, that second D-tackle position, was just a question mark. Guys had talent, just hadn't proven it. And now there's never an instance where you're going to have two guys on the field that haven't proven it on the NFL level. I don't think we'll ever right. see a situation and where either Tomlinson Miles Garrett or him are Miles Garrett down the stretch because you could take out a few of his, tuck, you know, a yeah. few of his snaps earlier in the game. I know it sounds crazy to say, well, why would you have Miles Garrett on the field? But if Miles Garrett plays a few less snaps, he should be fresher as the season goes. It's actually and as a good the games thing. Goes, I agree. Go. Yeah, he still play a lot. He'll still play the most. But but still, you want to keep guys fresh. It's important to be able to, you know, roll through a bunch of guys and have that depth. And the Browns have go, gone, at least on paper, from one of the worst defensive lines in football to one of the best defensive lines in football. They got, it's amazing. Defensive line and secondary, I think, yeah. are, are set. I love what they did out there. They even, you know, from bringing McLeod to Thornhill, bringing some of that leadership. Um, they got three good corners. Um, and then now you look at it, they've upgraded defensive line, which is going to help who I think is the focal point of the defense if they want to be what they want to be. I think the Browns have an opportunity to be a team that that you base your meta around. I think people, if they play well like they, I think they will, Teams will start to copy what they've done because if JOK can learn to diagnose, replays, trust his eyes, and not get caught up in, in misdirection stuff and, and be a, a sideline to sideline player, the Browns now have what I call, what, what I would say, one of the most devastating defenses because 
they have enough speed to, to really lock down yeah. fast quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, but they still have guys that have the ability to cover in the back end uh, if you got, you're going against the lead throwers. And if JOK, can, they can get him together, and what he does best is blitz because he just runs around people, that type of speed up front when you got Dem and Miles Garrett and Zaria Smith, that's trouble. That is trouble for people. Can I ask you a question, G, real quick? And we, this came up on Behind the Glass last night when me and Earl were talking. Someone asked, how quickly do you think we'll see Harris pick up this defense and kind of assimilate himself to Jim Schwartz's scheme? Excuse my ignorance. I told you my football credentials yesterday. Not good. <laughs> How much does the defensive tackle really learn scheme to scheme when kind of their job is eat blockers and go forward? Especially when it's simplified like this. Um, if you're playing, to be honest with you, 3-4 defense is way harder to play than 4-3 defense because you're moving laterally. And so if you're playing in a 3-4, and I played in both, 3-4 is asking your, your linemen, to either move one step left, one step right. And when you're moving, you have a three-person panel in front of you. If I'm lined up on face-up with the tackle and the guard is on this side and the tight end is on that side, what I'm doing is I'm looking towards the guard or the tight end to tell me where I should be going. So if I, get a, if I come off the line of scrimmage, I'm not even worried about the person in front of me. I'm looking automatically at the guard because if the guard is coming towards me, I got to do what I call redirect and go the other way because he's trying to reach me. If I'm sitting here and the, and the, the tackle or the guard blocks down, I know that they're trying to block down on another guy and get to a linebacker. So now I have to get to that and beat this tackle in front of me to the spot. So you're already, you got to have good peripheral vision. You got to be stepping and always watching. But when you play in a 4-3 and they just tell you, pin your ears back and get upfield, that's what we all love to do because what we do is say we're not worried about where the ball carrier is going. We want to dictate and cause havoc where the ball carrier can't pity pat in the backfield and we be yeah. oh let me just pick my hole. No, he he sees hole in the, the color in the hole like wow. Miles Garrett is right in this gap, so let me cut it back. But when that defensive tackle's there and you got great defensive tackles. He's cutting right back into another guy that's getting in the backfield. So it's confusion, it's chaos, and every single play puts maximum pressure on those four or five guys up front, and they don't get a break. That's why I like playing that. So week one, he'll be good? Oh, yeah. okay. He'll I do mean, it. it's still a month. He just, right? No, I was just making yeah. sure, because I feel like a quarterback, Easy. he comes in, yeah, it takes a while. Defensive tackle, very good. Yeah, you yeah. know, the defensive line was already the Browns' most improved unit i think we'd all does everybody agree with that or not not even close yeah yeah so now i mean it's just another level and it is i guess it's just that he was a little older that he was still on the market uh i wonder if he decided hey i don't really want to sign till part of training camps already underway i'm 32 he was getting a multi-year offer yeah you know i'm guessing that's part of the reason he waited and i'm curious do you think so i know he visited the browns last week yeah i wonder if they had a handshake deal and an agreement a couple weeks ago hey we're gonna bring you in you don't want to yeah. go to Greenbrier but we want you you want to be here right. and just kind of take his time till he was ready to come to camp I, I also think and I said this about a week ago it this could be a refer this was a referendum on uh, Jordan Elliott they they put Jordan Elliott in the Hall of Fame game and that was a signal you know, especially when you're a guy that used to start last year right they're just trying to say I'm gonna give you every opportunity to go out here and prove yourself and do your thing. And we gonna, we want to see if you we need to go up and upgrade. Yeah. He played in the Hall of Fame game. We didn't see much. So no. that means he was a starter, and he did nothing against threes and fours. Right. So they're like, like he should have dominated. You should have dominated. You should have well, been, been in the league this long. Yeah. You, you, mean, you, you, she should have been flashing. Yeah, yeah. And so they made the decision, hey, look, look, we got to go get somebody. So you guys think he's cut? I think he's oh, yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it, to G's point, I don't mean, he's a basketball reference here, but we watched the summer league. I know you didn't, but we watched the summer league. And you see the guys like Jabari Smith on Houston. Yeah. Came in, scored 37 in the first game, 40 in the second game. Like, all right, you're good. He bye left. Bye. You're, left. Yeah. Put him on a plane to go. There's a clear level of guys who are proven <laughs> NBA guys yeah. playing against guys in the summer league. And in a situation like last week, Jordan Elliott played into the fourth quarter right. of the Hall of Fame game, which is the backups, backups. Yeah. Because it doesn't even really count. And he wasn't standing out in a way that made no. you say, Same for who Anthony is Schwartz. this guy? Oh, exactly. 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 So, exactly. Just a little bit of writing on the wall is to G's point. I, I can't imagine now. Are you going to keep him over Mohurst? No. I, 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 yeah. I know what, you, what Jordan Elliott can do. Yeah. I yeah. want to see more of Mohurst, right? Right. Um, I mean, if Mohurst is healthy – 
that you've got six proven good defensive linemen. Six? Yeah. They had – I'll give Clowney – I'll say they Clowney. had two. They, they, they had, had two, two last year. Yeah. One didn't year play up to that six. level, but at least he was right. proven this year. Yes. They had and six. He's had, he had a good year the year before, to yeah. be fair. But they had two. Now they have six if, if Hurst is healthy. Even if he's not healthy, they have five. So I, that, it's pretty impressive. There's not, there's not that many teams that have five proven no. starting caliber defensive linemen. And Kevin Stefanski said that every, the starters are going to play. Um, I would like to me. I would play. Uh, who did I hear say this earlier? I forget where I heard it, but but I thought it was a, it was a really good point. Anything that don't involve timing, those players not playing. Does it take timing to be like, oh, I'm a defensive lineman, I rush the quarterback? No. Like, so, so you wouldn't play Miles Garrett? Heck, no. We'll I'm not. It. We'll talk well, about. So you're saying, okay, well, we'll talk about it a little bit about now, and then we'll get back to Watson later. We're gonna have Tyvis in a little bit, but. Um, so, but you play you play Watson and the receivers. I, I would play Watson and the, some of the second guys. Not Cooper. Not Cooper. He Nick Chubb not, doesn't take a snap. No, no, he, he's not he, interested. Nick, Nick Chubb would never take a snap never. the rest of his career. He's never not. zero. Um, We're gonna do some of this Conklin tomorrow later too. Conklin. No thanks. No thank you. No. I, I, I would start Hubbard and um, Dewan Jones. Hudson. Uh, excuse me, Hudson. Yeah, Hudson. I can always call him Hubbard. Hudson and Dewan Jones, they'd be starting. I'd get Nick Harrison there at guard a little bit because he has in poaches. Yeah. And, and I'm rolling with that. I'm The guys, I don't need to see none of the linebackers. Taki Taki wasn't going to play. Anthony yeah. Walker wasn't going to play. Um, I wouldn't even really play JOK like that, to be truthful. All right, we're going to get back to this in the second hour of the show. We'll talk more about what we're expecting from Deshaun Watson. Talk about what Joe Thomas's comments were on the Dan Patrick show with, John, with Deshaun Watson. We're going to go in a second to our buddy Tyvis, who's back home in Columbus after being at Browns camp yesterday. But first, we go to Earl. Earl. What's going on, everybody? The Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show has a <laughs> sponsor, and I'm rocking that hat, man. Shout out to Bird Dogs, who's came aboard. Uh, they are most known for their inner liner shorts and comfortable joggers. McNuggets uh, awesome. already has a pair. He raved about them. So go to birddogs.com, put your there order you in. Get you some shorts, get you some jogging pants, get you some hats. If you can, if you can make a hat that can fit my head with locks, That's you're impressive. doing all right with Very. me. So, Bird Dogs, man, shout out to yep. y'all. Welcome to the team. Speaking of members Thank of the you, Ultimate Bird Cleveland Dog. Sports Show team, Tyvis Powell joins way, us right by now. By the way, McNuggets protects his McNuggets with his Bird Dog shorts. I, they actually are extremely comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Could not recommend them highly enough. We got Tyvis? What up, Ty? Oh, my God. Hey, bro. No way. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. I, hey, I thought you had, I, bro. Don't do that. I thought you was having a stroke. <laughs> this is signs of stroke. No, like, listen. What is happening? Bro, you good? No, listen. The thing is, now that I'm on this side, I'm looking. I realize how lazy my left eye. Y'all see that? Like it don't open all the way. Like my left eye. I feel like I got I got the Forrest Whitaker thing going right, on. Right. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, no, we will tell you if you was the last king of no, Scotland. Oh, man. Like, you know, that's not, Forrest Whitaker's got it way worse than you. Yeah, yeah. He, that guy can act, though, I'll tell you that. It ain't that far off, bull. I was looking at myself no. like, man. The eye is kind of closed. That's true. You're, that eye doesn't open as much as the other eye. I'm about now to you... start wearing sunglasses from now on. <laughs> on the show. His, 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 his glasses is like the Walmarts in the hood. They only open at 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of eyes, Tyvis, last time you went to uh, Berea for camp, you said Deshaun Watson was better than Tom Brady. It's true. And the second that. time of you seeing Deshaun Watson in person this year at camp, was his second performance as good as the first? No, it was not. <laughs> no, it was not as good as the first. It was not Tom Brady's, but I mean, he did make some really good passes yesterday. He threw some interceptions, so I can't, you know, I mean, you know, it's part of the game. I'm not going to make a big deal of it. I tell you what, the whole vibe around the media and the team is everybody's just ready for the regular season. Obviously, these starters are hyped up to be able to get out there and get a chance to play football. I don't think Nick Chubb is playing, but, you know. Uh, so, outside of that, everybody's ready to play football, but everybody's ready to get to the regular season. You know, people's not going to get hyped up over Elijah Moore catching the ball over Denzel Ward. You know, if that's ha – we need Elijah Moore to make plays over Cincinnati's DBs. We need Denzel to lock up people against Cincinnati. You know, those are the things that everybody's kind of ready for. 
Um, but all, overall, man, I liked it. I had some concerns. I had some concerns yesterday for being there, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, well, we'll go with that. What are your concerns right now, Tyvis? Well, you know, so, you know, Bull, it's funny that you ask. I got to sit up a little bit, you know, in my well, car. Well, you just said it. Of course you so, was going to ask, Tyvis. <laughs> so, so, so my concern is, you know, they, they were running uh, some cover three yesterday. And I was watching, they had Denzel in the slot. Obviously, G News not in there right now. So Denzel's getting a lot of, he's getting some nickel work in right now. And, you know, he look, he looks pretty good. My only concern is, is that, and I was talking to Nathan Zagura about this. And he, he went to go get me the answer. But I ain't really happy with the answer that I got. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so when you're a buzz player, right? As a buzz player, that means you are... So, all right, so you're in cover three, you buzz into the flats. So you got the flats, but you also got to protect that curl and that seven cut area. So it's a certain technique that I'm so used to. You know, you run, you run eight to 10 yards, you get to the number and you got to flip your hips if number two or three is vertical, right? When I say flip your hips, I call it a hinge. So you run and you flip, you take your shoulder and you flip it towards the inside. So it's kind of like cover two. You put yourself in a cover two, so that way you deteriorate the, the quarterback from throwing that seven cut and you rally down to the flats. Well, my problem was a lot of these curl or these a lot of these buzz players weren't flipping their hips, you know, so the seven cut could be wide open behind them, but they never see it because they don't have their hips open to see it. And I seen it about two or three times yesterday, and I was just curious if it was something that was being coached. Or was that just something that they was just doing yesterday? So that concerned me a little bit yesterday. Another thing that concerned me was um, Dale Pitt. You know, he, Najoku got over on him a couple of one or two times yesterday, and I'm like, you know, Dale Pitt, you're gonna be essentially the Malcolm Jenkins of this defense. You know, you are responsible for covering running backs, covering tight ends, and you got to do a great job of shutting them down. You know, what made that Philadelphia Eagles defense so good outside of the pass rush? Where well, they had a guy like Malcolm Jenkins, the leader in the secondary. You know, that was erasing a lot of things that could fix a problem in the secondary if it came with coverage came with being physical and Dale Pitt I look at is that guy that has to get it done and you know you can't be losing coverage now don't get me wrong the joke was a really good tight end but you come on man you got to at least win some type of reps and you know just the two practices that I've seen I haven't really got a chance to see it out of him yet so I'm hoping that I see it in this preseason you know just him getting his hand on the ball man that that brings so much confidence by being able to put your hand on the ball, whether that's a PBU, whether that's a pick. But I also seen Juan Thornhill make a play out of the post yesterday, so I was happy to see that. So overall, I get a secondary. I give him a B. You know, Denzel had a nice little play. Gave, you know, got a nice little play, got his hand on the ball, got a tip up. The linebacker came and picked it off. Tips and overthrows, got to get those. So, you know, I give him a B. No, no, hold on. Let me, let me, let me get to this. So when you say Delpit is getting beat, is he getting beat on specific routes? Um, is he just not? Is he not aggressive enough, or is he? Is it play recognition? Is it he not reading? No, the no, keys? It, no. What well, this was? This was a man-to-man coverage. You know, he just got beat on the route, and I'm just like, you know. And then remember, remember a couple weeks ago when they was in when they was in Greenbrier and they kept throwing them seven cuts, and he kept right, giving right, them right, seven right. Cuts. So it's, it's been like those little things where I'm like, those are big deals, you know. And I, like I said, I haven't seen him make a play. Now, don't get me wrong. Maybe he's making the plays and the Browns ain't posting it or nobody's talking about it. But from the stuff that I've seen with my own two eyes, you know, I haven't seen anything productive yet. And I'm and like I say, for a guy who is his contract year and a lot is riding on this season, whether or not they're going to do really well because of him. He gotta, he gotta let me see something, you know. I gotta, I, I need to be more comfortable going into the season, and right now I'm not that comfortable. Tyvis, you said Denzel uh, tipped the ball. It got picked up. I think it was uh, Kanasik. Did I say his name? Kanasik. Jordan, Jordan Kanasik. He apparently he he's been playing a lot with the ones. Is there a chance he's gonna be end up being a starter, a surprise starter? Well, well, I don't know about that. I tell you what. Yesterday when I was. So in the 707 period, I got to see Anthony Walker and Taki Taki in there. JOK wasn't in there for that. I don't know why, but yeah. you know that. So I seen t- it was Taki Taki and Anthony Walker starting in 707. Obviously, when they went to the team period, you know a little more bumping and, and not. I was about to say bumping and grinding. Whoa, mm. whoa. but a little go. more. Super. <laughs> Listen, I I stopped myself. I stopped myself. Listen, you gotta give me credit. But there was a little more action in there. You know, um, that's when they put Jordan Kanaskic in there. And I seen JOK in there as well. So, um, I don't know. I don't know where that what their plan is uh, moving forward. 
I, I guess the mic in the wheel is finally probably going to be uh, Taki Taki and Anthony Walker, which it should be, and they should let JOK play that Sam, but I guess we'll have to find out when the season's starting everybody's healthy. Tyvis, you mentioned that Genu was not playing. What is, mm-hmm. what is what are you hearing about his status? What did you did you talk to Denzel? Like is he what does he think about playing the slot at the moment? What did he say about the whole thing with what were you talking about with guys getting their hips turned around? Or you didn't get right. to talk so, to him. So so yesterday I left practice right before it ended, so I didn't get a chance to, to sit there and talk with any of them. Okay. I had to hurry to get back to the house. But like I say, um, I got the answer from Nathan. Nathan, you know, he explained because Nathan went out there. Because I talked to Nathan's girl, like, for the rest of practice about it. And he told me he'd go out there and ask the DB coach and he'd give me an answer. And, you know, the answer that I got was he explained it the same way that I thought it should be. But he didn't, he didn't explain to me why they weren't doing it. So... That's the part that I'm a little bit curious mm. about. But like I say, I, I'm an undrafted guy. I, you know, maybe they know some more than I don't. So, like I say, it's one of those mm. things that if they give up a seven cut in the game or in the season, just know that I told y'all. <laughs> like I, I told, told y'all you. last year about the defensive tackles. I'm telling y'all right now, they look like they are subject. They are uh, a victim to them seven cuts this year. And if it happens a lot, shame on them. Earl, go ahead, man. Tyvis, so we know we uh, we done lost Jerome Ford at least to the start of the season with a hamstring injury. Uh, when it comes to the running back position, man, what did you see yesterday? Who was getting a lot of the running back to work behind Nick Chubb? And how do you think this situation? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day is going to look moving forward well i mean it was exactly what we thought it was demetric felton in there for a ton of the reps um I, I tell you what another thing that was concerning that i seen yesterday was it must have been just the defense today and i'm not i'm not i'm happy for the defense for the plays that they made but i seen too many turnovers i seen picks i seen the guys punching the ball i think it was two fumbles yesterday so i'm just like ball security is becoming a problem i think i, I think one of them was actually demetric felton too so i think that like Demetrius Felton is good. He definitely gets everything done, and he does the things that they want them to do. John Kelly was in there as well, so it was exactly the people that we thought it would be. I don't think they—they they didn't seem like they were concerned. You know, when I talked to guys around, you know, the, pe- the the people in the media or the people around the Browns, you know, they didn't look at it like it was a big concern either. You know, they just thought that they just basically everything that I, we talked about yesterday. They just run the season with Demetrius and John Kelly because they are so reliable and they get the same things done. So it don't seem like it's something that people need to be worried about. Ty, I haven't been out to Berea for a training camp practice yet, but you read the reports, and a pretty constant thing you see in the reports is Miles Garrett's having his way with Jed Wills in the individual <laughs> pass-blocking drills. And granted, I think any offensive tackle would struggle going against Miles Garrett in these type of situations, but are the concerns about Jed Wills trying to block Miles Garrett and not having any success doing that kind of being overblown from what you actually saw with your own two eyes? Yeah, to, to a little bit. Now, you want if you want to be a premier left tackle and you want to get paid, obviously you're going to have to go up against guys like Miles Garrett and get things done. So from that aspect, it's alarming. You know, the one clip that went viral yesterday was, you know, Miles Garrett took off and got past him so fast that it was ridiculous. Well, he's got to find a way to stop that. And I think that going up against Miles is going to help him. Um, but at some point, they, he's going to have to win these one-on-one battles if he truly wants to get paid. Not even if it's by the Browns. If it's by anybody else in the league, he wants to really get the, the bag, as the kids would say, then he's got to be able to dominate these one-on-ones and at least buy his quarterback some time, man. What Miles did to him yesterday made him look very muni league-ish. So he got to figure that thing out. And he got, like I say, the good news is yesterday was August 9th. So, and they don't play for another month. So he got time. I'm not concerned yet. He's got, what, three, three, four weeks maybe to figure it out. 
he better figure something out or Kevin Stefanski better figure something out. And it might involve some chipping and some tight ends on that side to chip to help out. And it's, it's a lot of ways to get through it. But I'm, I really think he needs to figure out and dominate them one-on-one situations. Man, we not trying to hear that, man. I, I'm just telling you. I know, I'm just telling you. I know. You, you, you're just a messenger. You're just trying to show you. You're just trying to, you're trying to just show you the Lord's picture. I get it. I understand it, Tyvis. But we, I, we, we need all our weapons. Like, if we in a war, I don't want to hear, hey, uh, General G. Bush, we're going to have to keep our Air Force around. To, 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 to uh, make sure our, our supply chain to the battlefield is, is secure. I'm like, no, I need all the jets, all the trains, all of the tanks, and all of the Navy to be there so we can get this money off. I'm not trying to have G. them standing ship for jet wheels. I need you in the route. Gee, last year, did he give up a lot of sacks? Bro, I don't know how many sacks he gave up. I know his... I, I don't think... I, I don't... I don't think he was a major problem on the offensive oh. line. He had a problem, you know, where he, you know, looked lost out there. But oh. as far as oh, as, as have you seen the oh, like oh, he got a highlight, he got a highlight tape of nothing but bad. You, it's it's the Jedrick Wills Looney Tunes hour. Which way did he go, George? Which way did he go? Where did he go? Is he up here? Is he down there? Listen, this dude be looking, and then he'll stop in the middle of a play. He'll somebody will beat him, and he'll just be like. <laughs> What is that? What is this Frankenstein move? Like, you, you just got beat. And then Coach Calhoun or, or Callahan tries to give him some props to build him up. Like, he just needs to be more aggressive. Bro, you can't teach no aggressive to no offensive lineman. People is coming to steal your lunch every play. That position Miles Garrett play is the same position the Bosa brothers play. The same Chase Young plays those 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 positions. Defense is a premier them? position in this Did league. We play yeah, we play the Bosas. What one of the Bosas? <laughs> we play both the Bosas this we, year. We got the 49ers this year. We got multiple guys that just alone. Listen, we play we play the Bengals. They got uh they got Hey, wait a minute. Listen, what, how many tackles in the league you know that can handle those two without help? Don't worry. I By the way, Jedrick Wills, 56 out of 81 qualifying tackles, according to BFF. Speak to that. What about his run grade? If his run, just run grade? Yeah, let's get to the run grade. What are you doing? Wait a second. Y'all are oh, just close. You set yourself up for this. Scroll oh, up. I, I, how I sell myself? It, don't, it ain't got nothing to do with me. You're still scrolling. <laughs> Bull is still scrolling. Dang, <laughs> this list is What I'm saying is, if he go out there and he struggle, there is ways to get through a game. And that's called chip blocking and doing all that other stuff. It, it, might, called, it might be not ideal, but that's it, what you're going to have to do. It's called, hey, Dewan, come over here. Hey, somebody. Uh, play right tackle. No, no, no. It's, he's gonna get some. Lo- he's gonna get some right, left tackle love this year too. Bull steals hey, from. Uh, hey, Seventy-two hey, out of eighty-one in run grade. Seventy-two out of eighty-one, my man. Uh, out of eighty-eight. Seventy-two 80? out of eighty-eight. By the way, Jack Conklin was even worse. That's, that's a little Oof. bit better. The Browns have two, uh, two of the twenty worst run blocking tackles last year. And, and yet, Nick Chubb making y'all look awful good up there. Nick, you better, you better, usually people buy offensive lineman gifts. You better give Nick Chubb gifts. Like, here you go, Nick. I'm going to just give you this roll. What does does the PFF really know? Oh, here we go. Maybe the election was stolen. (laughs) 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 The 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 Guardians. The Browns signed Shelby Harris. I'm sure you've seen the news. We've been talking about it already. Boy. Why do you think he was still out there? Is it just that he didn't want to sign too early? He's an older guy. Whatever. He seems like a pretty impactful player to be signing this late, no? Yeah, I mean, he. I talked to uh, some guys. Actually, I was talking to a couple of guys yesterday. Like, they had Shelby in there. Why didn't they sign? Why didn't Shelby sign here? And he was saying that the deal was on the table. He just wanted to, you know, go around and see all the other teams before he made his decision. And he felt like the Browns was his best fit. So it's good that, you know, he decided to come. I think Shelby, obviously, like I said, I got to play with Shelby in 2019 when he was with Denver. Shelby is a really good teammate, man. He Hilarious guy, actually. Very, very funny guy. 
um, very productive, especially in the passing game. And it's not all—it's not necessarily the rush. It's necessarily the, it's the fact that he can get his hands up and knock the ball down and really get PBUs from a defensive tackle position, which is huge. Um, like yeah. I said, 2019, I was with Denver. I think he was second on the team with PBUs as a defensive tackle, which is ridiculous. He was Michelle, you? we got a. What'd you say? He had more PBUs than you. Well, yeah, I was on practice squad, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, okay. This is the thing. If I was if I was playing, then no, he wouldn't. Oh, that's yeah. If, if I was playing, you know, Denver probably would have won seventeen and know that year. I'm just <laughs> Ty. I'm when just when you at these practices, by the way, real quick, because because Tyvis brought up the PBU, so before you get to it, you're right, Tyvis. He's had. 29 PBUs in 98 games. That seems like a lot for that's a, a whole. Yeah, that's lineman. a whole lot. That that's like lot. one almost every three games. For and, a D lineman, that's and a it's, lot. And, it's, and, and, and PBUs is the most, most infuriating thing in the yeah. world because you be so mad like, I can't even see if the ball was going to be completed or not. Oh, I hate that, bro. I'd rather get it picked <laughs> off almost. Like, at least I got no. a chance. Now you know, because you get nah. you get you be walking the unemployment line. You throw too many picks. Ty, when you're out at practice, do you get the itch to suit it back up? You know that's funny that you say that. Me and so so Joe Hayden was there yesterday, and me and Joe Hayden was, you know, Joe was like, "Come on, man, walk with me. Let's let's talk." So me and Joe walking around. Joe got the socks on. I said, "You ready to get back out there, huh?" It's like he was like, "You know what? I I go back out." I said, "Yeah, yeah, I go back out there, Mike, man." I, I miss it, man. Every time I get around ball, man, I just I just think about like, man, I hope these guys understand the opportunity that they have. I hope they enjoy this game because once it's over, it's over and you're going to miss it. So, yeah, I definitely would love to go out there. Now, I don't know how long I'll be able to be out there, but I, if you give me one play, give me one one-on-ones with Amari Cooper, I'm locking him up. Now, it's right. You heard it here first. I'm locking him down. Did you Moore is done. Did you tell Joe Hayden he has to come on the show? We've been trying to get Joe for 14 months now. Joe and I used to be boys. He used to come on my radio show all the time. What happened? Yeah, Joe, listen, if, uh, you know, if I ask Joe, Joe, come. Joe is big into the media. You know, like I said, me and him was walking around. He was, we was just talking about it. We've yeah. been trying to get yeah. Joe for 14 months, Tyvis. So tell Joe, tell open Joe invite, whatever he wants. We will roll yeah. out the red carpet for Joe. Oh, man, I would have told him yesterday. Like, Joe, what's up? Mess with us on the UCSS. Oh, by the way, Tyvis, is, is your give us a scoop. Uh, is your can you confirm that Richard Sherman is taking over for Shannon Sharp uh, with Skip Bayless? Can you confirm that? Yeah, yeah, Sherman uh, has accepted the job. You know, they, oh. it was a uh, it was some back and forth negotiating going on, but you know, they they found my boy his money, and you know, he'll be he'll be on for I, I forget how many. I think it's like. 50 episodes or something like that I mean, he's got to do like 20 of them virtually or 20 of them in person um but yeah he'll be on there he definitely had, uh, accepted that role i don't know if he'll be on every day but he, he will be so he definitely yeah. ain't coming on ucss they might chalk that up he he, nah. he, didn't, he didn't got he didn't got the big time role now it's a wrap <laughs> he ain't never coming on here it's a shout out to him listen sherm would come on the show for as a favor of me but it's other things that that goes into that, so we you know we we have to see about that. Yeah, Sherm's yeah. daily fee is a little higher than we can yeah, probably right, afford. Right, we're, but not, we're not we're not playing. You and Brad much. better start delivering. <laughs> you and Brad better start delivering. Yeah, man, we need you, MJ. You you, you 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 elbow you elbow rubbers. Y'all cats be rubbing yeah, elbows. Yeah, bad job. You, need, you, elbow get these dudes in, uh, you was literally rubbing the, elbows with Joe Hayden yesterday. You just told us. Yeah, you didn't. I, I mean, you dropped the ball. I didn't know. That y'all wanted Joe on the show. Just assume, why, why wouldn't we want Joe on the show? Just assume any person, any person that you played with that got a PFF grade over 60, we want to talk to. <laughs> All of them. I don't care if it was they had a cup of Kool-Aid. Come on in. So we can't, so we can't get Jay Wheels on the show? Listen, I mean, we'd have him on, sure. Well, sure. What's wrong? With him? <laughs> uh, but he doesn't. He doesn't meet the requirements. He has. Well, he he meets one requirement. He starts and he got he extended. He got fourteen million dollars. So he is a big part it of what he's trying that's to do. Not, that's not an extension. That's called picking up a fifth year option. Extension is you know what an extension. No, is. no, no, no. I I, I graded I graded differently. The extension was, I'm going to give you this year, too. Now, if I was not signing, I'm like, nope. 
By the way, if I would have told you after their rookie year that Jedrick Wills was going to get his option picked up and, and Chase Young was not, you would – that's no, believe, no, I don't believe it. I don't know that Jedrick Wills has earned it, but that's Chase crazy. Young is crazy because he's done nothing since his rookie year. Yeah. He's been hurt. I take hurt. It. Yeah. Listen, you can't you make you can't make the club in the tub. Everybody right. knows. Oh, so listen, Chase got to come out there. He knows what he got to do. He got to go out there and have one of them seasons. The best thing is they kind of did him a favor because if he balls out this year, he gets he's closer to getting his bag quicker. He don't have to wait through the fifth year option. He can get it next year. So you know, it, a lot of it rides on this season. He either gonna make a break. He either gonna make himself right. a lot of money, or he'll have to sign some one year prove it deal from right. here on out. Well, that was, that's what happened with Daniel Jones. Remember, the Giants turned down his fifth year option, and then he had a great year and he got paid. The, All right. Exactly. The, don't be, don't do the clowning. Don't be out here being a mercenary for yeah. them, ten, them one year, ten million deals. That's that's rough out here for a player. Mm. I take they it. give me, they give me ten million for one year. I Chug, tell them to call me. My phone, my my uh, body is still in shape. You know, I might need to drop a couple pounds. You know, not, don't listen to G Bush. I need to lose like a solid ten, and I'm back out there. You know what I'm saying? It's obnoxious when skinny people talk about losing weight. There, Tyvis. Hey, you know, y'all know I'm intermittent fasting. I think I said that correctly. Um, you did. It was yesterday was hard, man. I do eleven to six. I wouldn't recommend it for a lot of people because yesterday traveling from Cleveland to Columbus, I kind of missed my my eat window for like dinner. So I like ate at like four o'clock. And yeah, last rest night of day, was, rest of the day be hard on that intermittent yeah. fasting game. You be looking yeah. around. You like, can I have a? I just want a granola bar. Just give me something. Mm. What you hey, do? I'm down four pounds since I've started it. So you know it's working, but it's it's not easy. All right, Tyvis. We feel really sympathetic for your weight loss journey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, one last thing. Yeah. I watched the Johnny Manziel thing. I oh, can't yeah? believe that you you. That's what you wanted to talk about. That's what you was mad about that we didn't watch. I, I, you know what? I can make an untold story that's more interesting than that. Really? You just didn't find it interesting, huh? No. <laughs> I, it wasn't nothing that I didn't already know. All right. Fair enough, Tyvis. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Dot. Go, uh, go Bucks. Go Browns. Go get that Bears. Eye looked go at, get, that, get that eye looked at, bro. You get over it. here Look, sleeping. I, all I need is some barbecue sauce and then bam. It's just going to pop out like that right <laughs> yeah. there. Put a nice jalapeno in there. All right. We'll see you later. <laughs> Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.